It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and the Adam Ritz Show is in uh, California, Southern California, on the campus of California State University, Dominguez Hills, and we are broadcasting in front of this beautiful live studio audience. All right. Thank you so much, the Toros, for the love. And we are here to honor uh, all of the student-athletes. They've been caught in the act with high integrity and community service and character and uh, academics. And we are joined now by the uh, SAC president, Danny Haley. Hi, Danny. How are you? Good. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Tell our listeners at home, uh, what is SAC? SAC stands for Student Athletic Advisory Committee. It's an all-student athletic, obviously-run committee that uh, helps not only represent the school, but also in the community with community service, and each sport is represented in SAC. Okay, and how did you uh, become the president? Was there an election? Uh, well, my freshman year, um, we had the, fr- the freshman uh, represented the baseball team, and then that's how I got started in it, and then I went up through the ranks. I was vice president my sophomore year, and I've been president in my junior and senior year. All right, and uh, I guess as far as the baseball team that you're on, tell us about um, your role in the community or a service project that you've done recently. Um, well, the most recent one we did was the McGruder Middle School visit, where we visit a local uh, school over here in Torrance. Um, we spend lunchtime with them, just hanging out, doing you know different activities with them, you know playing basketball, tag, whatever they want. And then we also get to sit down and kind of talk to them about the important importance of being a student athlete and how the student comes first. And without the student part, then you don't get to play athletics in college. You know how many people don't get that? That's fantastic that not only do you get it, but you're, you're sharing that with young people in the area. So that's awesome. Absolutely. So what's coming up, I guess, uh, next semester, next year, as far as uh, community service with your student-athletes? Well, next year um, we got a lot of events in the fall. Um, the first one we do is the turkey giveaway where we go over here in the community at the local plaza and we hand out turkeys to underprivileged families, um, kind of hear their stories, carry it to the car, talk to them, just kind of make their Thanksgiving a little more enjoyable. Um, that's one of the big ones. That is great for, for us to hear, uh, our listeners to hear, for me to hear, that young people are involved with the community because it inspires us to get up off our couches and go do something, make this planet a better place. Absolutely. So, Danny, thank you so much for your efforts, and let's have a round of applause for everybody here at California State University, Dominguez Hills. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. Today, the Adam Ritz Show goes global. We are an international broadcast as we welcome our guest from Australia. This is Nigel Vagana. Hi, Nigel. How are you? Hey, Adam. Yeah, good to uh, good to be here. You know, it's uh, it's uh, hopefully everyone understands my accent. The accent, uh, beautiful. It's it's what we call ear candy. It just sounds wonderful <laughs> on the radio. Um, tell us uh, what part of Australia you're from. Uh, so I'm based in Sydney at the moment. Uh, I've been there for about 15 years, but I actually grew up in New Zealand. So uh, uh, more Kiwi than Aussie. Uh, but uh, for now, I guess everyone just puts us in down under category. So. I, mean, that was, just, I don't even know what you said, but uh, <laughs> it was just beautiful to hear your accent. Um, 
We bring Nigel on the show from uh, an athletic uh, perspective. We're in New York City. We're at a professional athlete uh, summit conference, and you are the director of, um, I guess we could call player development. You're the director of an entire professional team. I'm sorry, professional league, the NRL. It's the National Rugby League, and we do have rugby here in the United States. A lot of club teams on the college level. A lot of Division One schools have rugby teams, but in your uh, country of Australia, it is uh, it's your NFL. It's as big as uh, uh, any professional sport here in America? Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and I guess it's so big. We sort of uh, there's two types of it down there. You know, so there's the rugby union and the rugby league. But for us, it's uh, it's pretty big sport. So we're sort of uh, pretty. I think we're pretty similar to uh, a lot of the um, the NFL mindset and mentality. You know, you go out there and you're you're a warrior on the field and you do what you can, and then off the field you uh, uh, make the most of the opportunity. You're not in it for a long time. So, um, you know, over here just trying to learn how, how you guys do your American sports. Uh, it's, a pretty, uh, it's a pretty big system for you guys over here and, and uh, pretty influential around the world. So for us, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here, but also uh, great to learn, uh, learn from your background. Well, before we get into uh, some of the social uh, projects and initiatives you have with the National Rugby League, uh, we want to talk about how you work with your young guys and character and integrity and, and some of the initiatives and programs you have. Real quickly, just for our listeners, explain, uh, I guess, uh, how rugby uh, functions as a sport. What, what, just the quick synopsis, the rules, and what the goal is to win. Uh, so we have um, a field that's probably a bit, uh, the same size as an NFL field, I guess. Uh, we have 13 players on there at one time. Uh, you got four players uh, that sit on the bench, and they sub on and off uh, ten, 10 times. Uh, uh, we go for 40 minutes. We'll have uh, probably a 10-minute break, and then we'll go for another 40 minutes. So it's short and sharp. We go for 80 minutes. Uh, we don't. I, I guess the biggest uh, feedback we've received uh, over here is that um, a lot of people are surprised we don't wear helmets and pads and that sort of stuff. Uh, we do wear mouth guards, so um, you know, I'm assuming everyone's still got a nice smile. Uh, <laughs> but outside of that, uh, <laughs> I don't think it's a violent sport, <laughs> but it's, um, it is quite uh, a collision sport. Very aggressive. And you played. You played professionally. Yeah, I played for uh, 13 years actually. So I uh, finished up a couple of years ago, um, and uh, and it was a uh, you know I was blessed to play so long. Uh, our average lifespan in the pros is about three or four years, same as the NFL. So so to play a bit longer than that was um, was a real blessing for me, and, and uh, gave me a lot of opportunities. And you know I guess it got me here to New York talking to you. You know, so uh, it's working out. So can you uh, when you walk around Sydney, are people like, hey, it's Nigel? I mean, you're the Peyton Manning of us of Australia. <laughs> oh, maybe not like Peyton, you know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, you do get recognised and stuff, you know. And I guess with social media and the internet these days, um, that that reach goes a bit further. Um, I grew up in New Zealand, so in New Zealand, there's still um, you know still bits and pieces that uh, that that float around that that. Uh, keep me in the minds of people over there, but uh, I guess it sort of comes with the territory, you know. And all your athletes over here know the same same mm-hmm. situation, so um, you can't take one without the other. So it's it's probably pretty refreshing to walk around Manhattan and uh, not have anybody, you know, accost you for an autograph. Yeah, it's great actually, uh, unless you go to the Aussie or the Kiwi bars over here. You know? <laughs> so uh, we'll keep away from that. Uh, but uh, it, it is it is uh, it, it is really. Um, Really good. Last year, actually, I hosted a couple of NFL guys for a week. They wanted to come down to Sydney, and, and they hadn't been down there for a while, and they were actually really surprised and really happy that no one noticed them down there. You know, So I think uh, I can understand what they were going through and why they, uh, why they were so happy down there. 
Well, it's pretty interesting to hear that the, the NFL guys come to Australia to see how you do things. Uh, you, you're here in the United States now uh, at this pro athlete conference in New York City to find out how, how we do things. Uh, and I bring you on the show uh, to talk about uh, some of the social initiatives you do with your guys because uh, that's global. That's international just uh, with high character and integrity, leadership we talk about, getting involved with your community. Again, our guest is Nigel Vagana. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, Vangana. <laughs> Vangana. Um, and uh, he is the Director of Player Development for the NRL, the National Rugby League, uh, the number one sport professional league in Australia. So what do you do with your guys? Uh, we do a whole heap of them. You know, we don't have the college system in, uh, in, uh, or down under. You know, so we've actually had to develop a lot of our uh, players uh, internally, I guess, uh, and set up a whole new system just for our league. We, uh, we've got 16 professional clubs down there, so... I've explained it a few times over here, but I think it's quite similar to the Major League Baseball setup over here where they have the minors, uh, the AAA and the AA and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So you actually can get uh, players that are 16 or 17 from the Dominican Republic and you groom them into your system to become a Yankee or a Giant or whatever it is. And I think we have a pretty similar system where we can identify players at 16, 17. So once they finish school, they come into our development pathways and then they work their way up into the into the top team. And uh, because we're dealing with Basically, kids that are you know just finishing high school or just out of high school, uh, life skills is a big component of what we do. Well, we've got to teach them what it's like in the big wide world, you know. And 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 because our sport is so popular, um, if they come into the environment, they they they're almost recognised immediately, you know. So uh, they didn't go. I was telling someone yesterday that at school they don't have maths at ten o'clock. Um, you know, English at 11, how to be a role model at 11.30, and then lunch at 12. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't work like that. So so we've had to manufacture that sort of education component to make them understand their responsibilities coming into the system. So is there a college? I mean, you don't utilize the college system. Is there a college? Is there, are there college rugby teams? Yeah, there are. There are. There's college uh, and university sort of sports teams down there. Uh, they're just not elite-level sports. Okay. So the elite-level guys go right into your system. And, uh, of course, the biggest, fastest, strongest, best athletes make it to the NRL. But you're also looking for guys of character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think um, I was talking to Jim from the Major League yesterday and he was talking about um, how after high school you have an option. You know, if you go to college, you know, you know you've got to stay there for a certain amount of time over here. Or uh, if you don't want to, you can go straight into, um, you know, their development system and then they'll sort of give you the life skills and that component on the other side. And we're sort of similar. So we've got a, a lot of guys that will come in through high school. They'll still be in our system, but we've got to map them on an alternate pathway at the same time. We try not to use plan B. Um, like most people, no one plans for plan B. It just happens. Mm -hmm. So we try and get the boys to have two plan A's, you know, or two dreams. You know, and we all know what your first dream is. You want to be a professional athlete, which is great. What's your other dream? You know, you want to be a fireman. You want to be a mechanic. You want to be a, uh, a lawyer, whatever it is. So we sort of set up support networks on the other side to, to make sure if, if one dream doesn't work out, they've still got another. Uh, you know, best case scenario, I guess, is both dreams work out, you know, but, but we're doing as much as we can on the other side because it's an elite level sport as well. Mm -hmm. And only from 16s to probably uh, to the top squad, you know, we, we, we'll probably have left, less than 5% that will actually make it through to the top, you know. So most of them won't get there, but at least we've supported them in the other areas of their life. I love that mentality 
uh, not to have a plan B necessarily, but to have two plan A's. And if both of them work out great, if, if just one does, you're still good. Yeah, That's yeah, great. exactly. You know, I mean, who said we can only have one? Yeah, you know? yeah and you've, I've seen some of your uh, marketing materials. You actually have like um, almost like baseball cards where your, your players have their team uniform on and also – uh, they're wearing their vocation, like what they're studying to be after they're done playing the sport. Yeah, yeah. So we sort of are trying to break out of that athletic identity. Uh, if you do end up making it to the top, you know, a lot of people know you as a professional athlete or professional baseballer or footballer or whatever it is. But then they, um, but then you retire, you yeah. know, and, and people don't see you in the same light. So we're trying to take away from that and try and have people see you as a professional athlete, but at the same time, um, as a builder, you know, on a construction site, you know, so uh, when you finish, uh, you know, one one journey, you're still you're still a builder, yeah. you know, and and you know you've got your trade and you you've got your construction company and that sort of stuff. So we've set up, like, I guess, similar to your baseball cards. We've got footy cards down there, yeah. um, back home, and um, you know, and, and I guess it's your usual, you know, your your action shot with the with the stats on it and all that. Uh, but we've developed new cards to have your action shot on one side and then on the other side your your plan your other plan A. You know, so the other dream, you know, what you're doing, whether you're studying at university, whether you're studying to be a chef, whether you've got your own restaurant, whatever it is, you know, and that just helps, you know, as a business owner or the kids are predominantly the ones that are going to get these cards and the big kids, I guess, you know, there's plenty of them over here. Uh, But if the kids see that, then they can they can aspire to be both, you know, because it comes together. It's it's one card. So I think it's a it's a it's a subtle way to show how um, you can do both. And just to paint the picture for our listeners, uh, one of the cards uh, that uh, I really liked was uh, had one of your players, again, in his team uniform, holding a rugby, holding the ball, um, in a running motion, but he's wearing a lab coat, and it says on the side of the uh, card, it says pharmacy or pharmacist. There's another one where the guy's got a construction hat on, and it says architect or engineer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what they're uh, – I think that's fantastic that you're not just defining these guys as, uh, as athletes, um, but what they're going to do after that. And that's a big part of, of athlete development, career development what are they going to do after they retire uh, I know you work with your young guys um, in a mentoring factor you have some of your uh, veterans work with them in some sort of respect uh, manner what's that called yeah yeah so we've got a um, I mean we've got cultural ambassadors we've got an education ambassador program that we um, we do a lot of peer-to-peer mentoring uh, it's very hard for for someone in a suit to come in and tell the boys what to do if they haven't walked the walk you know if they haven't lived the life that we've lived uh, you know they don't know you know, the time spent at airports, they don't know the time spent on the bus, at hotels, on the road, uh, on tour over in Europe, you know, all that sort of stuff. So uh, it's really important for us to get, uh, if we're, say, for example, if we're doing a program on uh, financial planning, uh, we'll have the experts come in, you know, so the, the financial planners and the accountants, all the money men, you know, but we'll also co-facilitate with a, a, um, a current or an ex-player uh, who can run the workshop together. So... The finance guys could be going, um, you know, do this and do that because that'll help your uh, tax bracket. And then the then the um, the former player goes, um, boys, what that means is, you know, when you go to the hotels, keep your receipt because you know we're on tour, so it's a cost. You know, so it's just explaining it in in, in our world. Um, you know, if they tell you you got to go buy, uh, you know, back there we all have, we do a lot of cycling, like on the roads and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so we got to go buy bikes. You know, some of the bikes will cost fifteen hundred dollars. You know, so. Um, They'll say, listen, if you go buy a bike, you know, you can put it into this tax group or that tax group, you know, but I guess the average 
Joe out there wouldn't need a bike for work. Not not a professional, you know, yeah. <laughs> speed yeah. bike anyway, you know. So it's just little things like that 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 connect, I guess, um, what they're trying to, the messages they're trying to get through. Uh, and we filter it through our players or our former players and then into our worlds. And then when, when the workshop's over and those guys are gone, our players are still around each other so they can still have a go-to person in whatever whatever area we're talking about. So it's worked really well for us. Uh, and it's great also because it keeps uh, a lot of our senior players and our, um, or you call them veterans over here, mm-hmm. a lot of those guys and a lot of the former players involved as well. You know, because everyone wants to give back. You know, for most part, everyone everyone wants to give back and, and help out in some way. They came through that journey. Uh, at, there was some component of that journey they struggled on, you know, whether it be alcohol, drugs, uh, missing family, homesickness, cultural barriers, whatever it was. Um, and they're the best to sort of be able to help through. We train them up uh, so, they, um, so their messages are consistent right across the game and, um, you know, and give them a little bit extra to help out as well, you know. So, uh, so it's working out well for us. Well, you just brought up uh, everyone likes to give back. So I'll bring up uh, charities, foundations, actually getting involved with their community. Uh, what are the players in the NRL, the National Rugby League, uh, what do they do as far as charity work? Oh, we do a whole heap that you guys are, you know, similar to what you guys do over here. Uh, one thing I found over here is you guys don't really have as much time as we do down there. Okay. Uh, like the baseball guys. Ours. We have 24 hours in a day. What do you have? Yeah, but you guys. <laughs> yeah, but ours is upside down. <laughs> so, but we have. Um, but you know, I was looking at the schedule. The baseball guys. They'll play like 17 games in a row. Have one day off, and then go another. You know, 13 or 14. So, so they don't have as much downtime, I guess. And when they do, it's quite minimal, unless you catch them in the off season. Uh, whereas for us, we sort of have a longer season, but we've got a bit more time throughout the year. Okay. So I mean, our season goes for six months from March to we play 26 rounds and then we have a four-week playoffs you know so we play 30 weeks of the year and you know during that you'll get a bit of time to help out and a lot of guys are passionate about different causes domestic violence um, you know uh, homeless uh, youth work you know all that sort of stuff so uh, we don't have specific programs we actually ask the players listen who do you guys want to support um, this year or this you know and, and the game would pick three or four that the whole game supports um, but then uh, on top of that, players will have their individual, uh, you know, cancer research, uh, you know, whatever it is. So um, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, charity work going on back home. But I think it's, it's sort of uh, similar to what all the boys are doing over here. That's fantastic. Nigel Vagana is our guest, uh, Director of Player Development for the National Rugby League, the number one pro sports league in Australia. Uh, Thank you for coming over to the United States and working with us and learning from us and letting us learn from you. Uh, let me ask you a question as a player. Played 13 years in the league. Um, uh, give us uh, your biggest moment. Biggest crowd, winning goal, if that's what it's even called. Yeah. Uh, biggest moment. Well, actually, Carried out on your teammates' shoulders with, the, with 18, uh, 80,000 people chanting, Nigel, <laughs> Nigel. Uh, 81,000, actually. Oh, 81. I'm sorry. 81,000. <laughs> no. Um, oh, we get some, you know, I guess our, our our main game or our big game down there, you'll get 80,000. Uh, but for us down there, and um, you know, I guess it's a bit different over here, but um, for us, we, our sort of, the pinnacle of our sport is playing for your country. You know, and I grew up in New Zealand, but my parents are from Samoa. You know, and it's a little island in the middle of the Pacific there, just, um, you know, a couple hours from Hawaii. So uh, for me, 
uh, I had an opportunity to, to captain both uh, New Zealand and Samoa at, at one stage of my career, and it was uh, it was really awesome. Uh, we have a war dance, you know, like the haka. Okay. Uh, so you guys know it over here, but um, I think some of the college teams are starting to do it before their matches, you know, like a pre-match sort of war dance. Yeah. Um, so to be able to lead that uh, and, and, and sort of show to my people that I haven't forgotten them uh, in, in this in this world of elite uh, elite athletes and elite sports was really uh, really humbling and, and really special. That's fantastic. Uh, before we let you go, I know you're active on Twitter, and uh, that's worldwide. Yeah, you've got Twitter followers in Australia. Let's get you some Twitter followers here in America. Yeah, cool. Uh, it's uh, Nigel Vangana, so it's uh, N-I-G-E-L-V-A-G-A-N-A. And that's just on uh, Twitter and, uh, and Instagram. So, um, I don't know, if someone's, if someone's hearing this and they send me a message, I'll know it got through. You, you'll know, know where it came from. <laughs> I know you weren't pretending. <laughs> That's right. This is, this is a real, live, national broadcast. Um, and then let's get your digital property for the NRL. Uh, I'm sure you, you have fans in the United States and worldwide. Let's get uh, some more fans uh, for the NRL in Australia. Yeah, nrl.com. That's yeah. easy. That easy. is that easy. NRL.com. Yep. And that's, uh, you know, you, you'll be able to stream. You know, these days you can stream. We, we heard a national yesterday speaking about how he streamed the hockey game from, you know, out of space. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if they can do that, then, uh, you know, you guys can stream games in Australia as well. So uh, we do it all the time, uh, watching your sports over here. Um, yep. NRL.com. There's plenty of info there. And your season is March to September, so we encourage our listeners to watch the live streaming uh, nrl.com. Thank you, Nigel, so much for your time. No worries. Uh, you know, it was awesome to speak to you, and uh, I've actually got a little gift for you. I've got a DVD, so maybe I'll, I'll give it to you. You might be able to get a little snippet and, uh, and whack it on the show so people can see somewhere or put it online. You know? We'll put it on uh, the website, adamridgeshow.com. Thanks, Nigel. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and uh, everyone have a good day. How you doing? This is Kip Vickers from the 2000 Super Bowl champion Ravens, and you're listening to The Adam Rich Show. We thank you again for uh, listening to The Adam Rich Show as we continue now from the campus of Penn State University. We are with the football team, and I have a special football player with us uh, from the Nittany Lions, Eric Shrive. Hi, Eric. How are you? Good. How you doing, Adam? Eric, first of all, uh, tell us about your, um, your status on the team. What year are you? What position are you? I'm a fifth-year offensive lineman um, from Scranton, Pennsylvania, and I'm the president of uh, Uplifting Athletes. I knew you were an offensive lineman. Uh, what do we got, six foot six, 3'10"? Uh, about 325, okay. but 6'6". Yeah. I didn't think you were a wide receiver. <laughs> uh, although Penn State football, you never know. You guys are so big. Uh, and, and you're from Scranton, Pennsylvania? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just got to ask you then, what, what do you think, uh, being from Scranton, what do you think of the office? Oh, I actually don't really watch it. You're kidding me. No, I don't. I thought maybe people from Scranton would, would have some sort of special cult, crazy following of that TV show since it's filmed in Scranton. Yeah. When you watch the show, if you, well, you don't watch it, but if you're flipping channels, you see the beginning of it. Yeah, Do you yeah. recognize those buildings yeah, and everything? Yeah, you can see some, uh, some of the entrances. The entrance is definitely from Scranton. And, uh, you know, some local teams uh, send the uniforms and stuff to make it authentic. But it's pretty cool. So. Now, now, why don't you watch the show? Uh, I just never really got into it. <laughs> That's great. Okay, student-athlete from Scranton, uh, Pennsylvania, now uh, offensive lineman with Penn State and Nittany Lions. He's Eric Shrive, and I want to talk to you about your community service with a program called Uplifting Athletes. Uh, I guess just start from the beginning. What is it? Uh, well, about 11 years ago, wide receiver on the team, Scott Shirley, uh, got a horrific phone call from his mother that his father had kidney cancer. Um, you know, they went to Sloan Kettering, they went to all the cancer centers, and they were basically told to go home and die. And within six months, he'll be dead. He went back, he was devastated, he came back to his apartment, and uh, 
a guy by the name of Damone Jones was in his roommate, and he said, you know what, Scott, we're Penn State football. Let's do something about it. So they talked to the strength coach, um, John Thomas, and they put together a lift for life. And what it really lift for life really is is that during every summer, we invite the fans to come watch us work out, um, and it's evolved since the new staffs got here. And we, you know, it's a big charity event. They come out, we raise money, they watch us work out, they can buy stuff, there's an auction. So over the years, it's really just changing. And uh, that first year, they raised $13,000, and it really, it was lift for life while he was here. He got out, he was working for a firm in D.C., and he said, you know what, let's start uplifting athletes. So he started uplifting athletes, um, non nonprofit organization, and they've branched out to 20 chapters, um, within all major college football, and their mission is to align college football teams with the rare disease that's specific to them. So we carry the kidney cancer disease in Scott's honor for his father, and uh, we raise our money for kidney cancer, but new chapters, they raise money for something that's prevalent to their school. So over the years, um, he's really he's working on growing it um, to something you know that's it's an awesome experience for myself as a student athlete because it puts me in a business setting with a lot of local businesses and really lets me make decisions um, with people involved with football and with the outside community. And over, I just really fell in love with it, and I've raised seventy thousand dollars in the four years. Um, wow! I have a goal of thirty thousand this year to make a hundred within my five years here. And uh, I won the National Rare Disease Champion Award, um, which was given to me in March, which is, you know, it's a great honor, um, something that people really need to know about what we're doing here for, you know, a great cause. That's fantastic. Uh, now, when you graduate and move on, who, I guess, is there an election? Who gets to be the next president of uh, uplifting uh, athletes here at Penn State? Yeah, well, you know, there's an election every year. Um, it so, is an election. Yeah, so for the past two years, I held the vice president role, and, uh, you know, I ran for president this year and um, was unopposed. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it's really a group 15, 20 guys on the team that are really heavily involved in it. And the neat thing about it is that we have different positions, secretary, vice president, head of operations, fundraising chair, where we really try to get as many people involved as we could because the coaches and and support staff really are have a minimal role in the planning of the event. So the event teaches us how to work in a business setting to get the facilities rented out, to get, you know, an ambulance on staff, you know, to media, to get some communication majors on the team to market the event. And really we do everything from fundraising to the date of the event, setting everything up um, is really run by uplifting athletes with the help of Scott and the parent organization. And you go out into the or the community, rather, uh, coat and tie and have business meetings with potential sponsors and stuff like that? Yeah, you know, uh, it's really cool. Uh, you got different uh, sponsorships. You know, I just heard from the local Rotary Club. Uh, they want me to come speak next week. Um, we get into, you know, alumni um, conferences. When they come to campus, we really try to pitch our charity. Um, you know, Penn State has a lot of great charitable causes. Um, Dance Marathon just raised $12 million yep. for pediatric brain cancer, or pediatric cancer. So, I mean, it's really competitive in the charitable organizations because there's so much going on here. And I think I find it very interesting to be able to, you know, just get, get amongst my peers and, and really, uh, you know, learn some values that are going to help me down the road 10, 15 years from now when I'm competing for a job. He's Eric Shrive, Penn State football player and president of the Uplifting Athletes chapter here at Penn State. It was originated here 10 years ago. You say 20 other teams are doing it. Do you know yeah. top of your head what some of those teams are? Yeah, uh, I know Maryland has one. Ohio State has one. Boston College has one. 
Um, they just expanded That's into great. the SEC with uh, South Carolina. I know that he had, uh, Scott had a meeting last week with uh, Rich Rodriguez out in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's really expanding um, to even um, schools like Colgate and uh, schools like that that, that aren't um, on such a big scale. And it's really, it, you know, the cool thing about it is that as president, as vice president, we get to go to the leadership convention and meet these guys from the other team and, like, really work with, you know, some guys from other team and bounce ideas, fundraising ideas yeah. off them. And, you know, since I've been so successful with raising funds, you know, it's a lot. You know, it's, you know, something to help help other schools because, you know, it's not like we're competing together against each other fundraising, but, uh, you know, we're all in it for a great cause, and, you know, every school has their own charity, and, and it's, it's, it's something special. The neat thing I'm hearing is that um, it's re- even though it's been around 10 years here at Penn State, it's just starting to branch out nationally, and it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be a major Division One football program. It can be not only D2, D3. This could even reach high schools. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the funny you say that, uh, I was just in a meeting last week, um, there's a grad grad class here working with Scott, and uh, they came up with a platform to implement it into high schools. So uh, we're going to be working with my high school, um, my brothers on the school board, to try to get it implemented and see how it takes off. You know, high schools and they pick their college. You know, if they're Pennsylvania high school and they want to, because right now we have uh, a high school in Mechanicsburg. They run the mini lift for life, and all, they donate all their funds to our lift for life. Okay. So you know, it's just going to be something neat where. Um, I think in the next 10, 15 years, this is going to be the equivalent to coaches versus cancer where the basketball has. And, you know, to put things into perspective, on a major college basketball team, they have 15 guys and they play in front of crowds of 15,000. Yeah. So the potential that this has, you know, you have guys, teams of 110 players playing in front of crowds between 40 and 110,000 people. Yeah. This thing is really, it's, it's growing and I think it's about to take off and, uh, and really it's something that I think everyone should be involved in, you know, because being a part of a student-athlete, things that Penn State have taught me, Coach O'Brien, Coach Paterno, is that you have to give back to the community. It's not just about strapping up on Saturdays and, and playing football. It's about, you know, being a role model in the community and really giving back. That's inspirational. Uh, before I let you go, Eric Shrive, uh, let's talk football. Uh, now, when you're my age or older, you'll think back to your college playing days, and you'll probably be most proud of the work you're doing with uplifting athletes. But how about on the field? Give me your best memory as a football player uh, here at Penn State. You know, the best memory we have is uh, contributing to the win this year with the Wisconsin game, the last game of the season. You know, it was sort of like our bowl game. Um, we had a great group of seniors last year, and everything that happened, they really held us together. So really just to go out there and contribute in that game to, uh, you know, help the seniors go out in a winning note. And then, you know, just really looking forward to this last year as a senior year. Eric Shrive, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate your community service. We wish you the best of luck in the future. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.